All right, guys, this is Bash Ty Hurt and Sheena Quick. We are here and happy to be bringing you episode six of Quick Blitz this week and a programming update. Uh, we will now be bringing you new episodes on Thursday to coincide with media availability on Wednesday so that we are bringing you all of the up-to-date news uh, from the Panthers and from around sports, really. Uh, so make sure you are subscribing to the Riot Network and anywhere you get your podcast, make sure you're subscribing to Quick Blitz. Um, you can also uh, go to the riotreport.com backslash quick hyphen blitz uh, you can listen to episodes there as well as subscribe so programming note we will be here on thursdays so that we can bring you guys updates from uh player availability on wednesdays which we had today sheena week one in the nfl man week one in the nfl this is um our sixth episode six weeks it has blown by but this is the first episode where we now know who is on the team all nfl rosters had to be cut down to 53 by 4 p.m eastern standard time last saturday on um, september 5th and there were a couple surprises for me there were a couple surprises with people that didn't make the team and surprises for people that got cut or waived um for me the TJ Green, I keep wanting to call him TJ Warren. I just keep wanting to call him that. <laughs> that's that in, that's that NC State connection right there. NC State connection. Oh my God, gotta stop calling this guy TJ Warren. TJ Green was a shocker for me, but um, as we talked about a little, talked a little bit about last week, COVID has had created a bit of a um, an issue as far as training camp and media and getting to be there every day or every other day like we normally do although it was closer in charlotte um it was severely limited so you know vashai would go one day a week i'd go one day a week so for what i was seeing i was there the first day that media that practice was open to media and green was running with the ones he got a lot of reps at cornerback, which to me was a little, to me, I felt like that was kind of a, um, kind of a, I'm trying to figure out the word, the, the phrase to even use. To me, it was, it made me feel like, it, it didn't give me any confidence as far as the cornerback situation with the Panthers. And when I say confidence, I mean like, is there a shortage? Do they not have confidence in the, you know, the new guys? Because he's a safety. And he was lining up at corner, cornerback with the ones. It was a cause for concern. but. As you said, Vashai's camp went on, a lot of those reps went to Troy Pride. Mm -hmm. And that's who was listed as the official starter on the other side of Dante Jackson on the first official depth chart. But for me, that was that was my shocker with, with who didn't make the team was TJ Green. Because even if he wasn't going to start at corner, I just figured because of the secondary situation, I figured that they would keep him just because because of his experience and because they're so thin in that area. And they didn't even like they didn't even sign him to the practice squad. No. So like they I don't even know I don't know if he got picked up elsewhere. So let's talk about somebody who we're kind of surprised did make the squad. Corn Elder. Like I don't know that he has like nine lives. He does. And he's one of those guys where you look up and he's been in the league for 8 years nine years and you're like well what has he been in the league that long 
No, he hasn't been in the league that long. I said you're gonna. Okay. Be- oh, yeah. Somebody surviving. He's he's scratching and surviving, <laughs> but um, he's making teams. So clearly, there's something that they see in him. Um, even though you know, a lot of times when we t- talk about who's going to make the team, we're looking at actual like production in games. You know, we're not necessarily too hung up on when we're basing these analyses. We're not we're not hung up on what how well people practice. Mm-hmm. We're like, okay, when he got in the game, this happened. When he got in the game, that happened. Or he, he's able to do this. These are his strengths and weaknesses. So I agree with you on that. That was that was a shocker. That was a shocker for me. I mean, last year, Corn got torched like, like he was. Panthers Nation was not kind to him, and he was kind of thrust in a couple of positions where he wasn't comfortable. I'm guessing because there's so much youth mm-hmm. that maybe he's kind of a a, a veteran presence, um, but. I don't, I mean, he's not listed as a starter. I'm trying to pull up the depth chart, but he's not, you know. He was on the second team. So, I mean, but here's the thing. He could have improved a lot. Or don't hold your breath, Sheena. Look, man, I'm just, I'm. I mean, I I just, I just don't. I see potential in a Dante Jackson. Like, Mm -hmm. and we've seen flashes. Have we seen flashes from Corn Elder? To me, if you if you show flashes, I can deal with flashes if even if your production isn't consistent, because you could possibly get there. But if I don't see flashes, I can't be convinced that you know that that you're going to be consistent. Well, we're also dealing with a much smaller sample size too. Like, you know, as far as snaps, we haven't seen Corn Elder in for a ton of snaps. And I think what has hurt our perception as well as, you know, Panther Nation perception is during with those limited snaps, they haven't looked good. For Corn Elder? Yeah, I'll never forget, you know, that that game against Seattle. Oh, that was bad. That was big time bad. And that's the thing. Like... We saw him for a couple snaps that season, but that's what we have to judge it on. So, I mean, here's – guys, I want Cornelder to succeed as much as the next person. And here's to just, just maybe what the coaches are seeing. We're, we're going to put it in the that's universe. so nice. We're going to put it into the universe that that's going to translate into some production this season. Sheena, you are so nice. Uh, Corn Elder thanks you for the vote of confidence. He actually tweeted thankful with prayer hands. And I was like, yes, dude, thankful is the word with the prayer hands because it's, I don't, I don't know. You and neither of us thought that, thought that he would be making the squad. But then again, we aren't football coaches and we aren't football scouts. We are humble media members who just go based on what we see during games so corn elder going to 53 now one thing that i did see that both of us saw that was another bit of a shocker but it 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 didn't stay a shocker was um when they waved fa avada the the thing that tripped me out about that is so he goes through this long (laughs) like emotional twitter uh post where he says that 
this is the longest place he's ever been in his life. He's never been in one place as long as he's been here in Charlotte and how thankful he is. And hours later, like he's cut in his life. Not only what? that, the team liked the tweet too, though. Oh, did they? Yeah, they like that shady team. boots. But you know, <laughs> but you know, they don't communicate with social that much because sometimes it just doesn't it, it doesn't match up. Sometimes they have social out there looking. They, get the memo. they were moving so fast that they didn't get the memo that day. But yeah, they he, they definitely liked the tweet and it sent it set Panthers Nation off. You know, we always talk about Panthers Twitter girl. They were going in. But I think the good thing about that is FA was able to laugh at himself. He retweeted it and was like, Whoa, now you know that this tweet didn't age well. And like you said, when we were talking offline, you know, um, perhaps he was able to have that outlook because he knew what the plans were the next day of course they brought him back well he cleared waivers and they brought him back and you know in coincidence i'm sorry coinciding with eli apple going to reserve injured and marty herney said that they never really wanted to let obata go but they were kind of they were kind of taking a calculated risk right in doing that knowing that they would probably have to send eli um apple to that uh, temporary injured reserve. So, I mean, I guess it worked out well for everybody. Eli Apple is a question mark, though. Like, this was supposed to be the season that he, you know, kind of, I don't know, I, I don't know how to describe it. Some people would call his career disappointing. And this was supposed to be like his comeback season with the Young Panthers secondary a young Panthers team, he was kind of supposed to solidify himself. And now he's injured. And, you know, we'll see what happens to that. I think he's eligible to come back he what, is. in three weeks. I think I think something like that in October sometime, I feel like. It's yeah. not a good start, though, for him. I'm, I'm, it's not a good start. And, I, and it's, it's health-related, health but... This was supposed to, this was, this was, don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years and uh, we still waiting on the comeback. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And that's an already thin area. Like the secondary has been the question mark. That's kind of, as Trey Boston put it, that's just been the history of the organization. They can't really, they haven't had any stability there. The most stable force they've had there in recent years was James Bradbury. And of course he's now in New York, you know? So, and and what a what a year to have a thin secondary in the NFC South. Listen, it's going to be very very interesting. We're going to find out week two. Matter of fact, we'll get a taste this week. But week two, when they travel to Tampa Bay, it's it's going to be we're going to find out real quick. Real quick, that's like boom, it's time, it's division time. Like, and these guys already did not have a preseason. You're talking about three rookies in that secondary. Two of them will start. And um it's gonna be interesting, man. It's For be some reason though, and I don't know, I think like my mind is telling me it's gonna be a struggle fest. But my gut is telling me, like, they're actually going to play better than expectations. And I don't know why. Like, it's not like we've seen these guys play. You it's know not like 
it's not like Matt Rule has proven himself. It's not like we really know uh, Phil Snow. It's not like we've seen what Joe Brady can do. But for some reason, I just think that now I don't. I'm not saying any division. You know, they're not gonna. I'm not making any division clinching predictions. But I don't think they're going to be bad, as bad as advertised. For I think I feel like I agree. I agree because like the expectations are super low. I mean, they're extremely low. You know, you have the people thinking that, you know, the Panthers are tanking and it's a rebuilding year and da 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 da. It's all new everything, COVID. I think that they're gonna exceed expectations due to the fact that expectations are super low. They're very low. Well, the tank for Trevor people are not going to be happy with us saying that. Teddy Bridgewater is preparing for his first game as a Panther. Uh, this is his first time being a starter since he got injured in Minnesota. I don't, I'm don't, not sure how many years that was. What, 2015? It got hurt in 2016, right? Mm-hmm. And so what do we expect from him? He seems to be... And he met with he met with media today. He's guy. He's real confident. I mean, for a guy who hasn't started a game in like you know four years, he's very confident. I have to give him props on that. I'm impressed with the. He's just got this, you know. And you you expect a certain level of confidence from people who are playing in the National Football League, but right. his is like I can I can sense manufactured confidence. His seems legit to me. His seems legit to me, and um, sometimes, Vashti, when you have a life-changing, a potentially life-changing, potentially career-ending injury like he did, so much of his recovery and his road back has had to be mental as well as physical. Can Mm. you imagine the things that he's having to have to tell himself over these years just to be able to rehab and come back and have confidence and even, you know, moving the way that he used to. So when you build up that type of inner confidence, eventually it's going to be evident to everyone else outside, you know? And I think that, I, and like you said, I don't think it's manufactured. I think it is genuine, authentic confidence because a lot of people counted Teddy Bridgewater out. A lot of people. And you know what? I don't, I don't know if that, I don't even know if they were wrong for doing so. It just, you know, <laughs> It was a gruesome injury. And so just him being able to fight back from that, you have to have a certain level of mental toughness to sustain all of that. You know, um, we talked to Erica Cardona, who wrote um, the Little Bear Teddy series. And she was emotional talking about just the strength that he has exuded. (laughs) I was about to say something. Since the injury, <laughs> and um, uh, resilient. He's resilient. And you, if if you guys don't know, there was a press conference where Teddy Bridgewater and his um his best friend, reportedly, or his friend, um, reportedly, uh, she has been writing. Uh, she's writing a series of books called Little Bear Teddy. Um, inspired by Teddy Bridgewater and her friend and um, everything that he's overcome. And there are four principles to it. If you're, if you, if you want information on, I posted about it on carolinablitz.com. 
So I think, and you can also go, I think, to littlebearteddy.com to see more about it. But she did talk about his resilience and, and she did get very emotional talking about, um, talking about Bridgewater. So I thought that that was real sweet. It was, it was, it was precious. And, um, you know, it, so much has gone into Cam not being here and Cam not being Teddy and Teddy not being Cam that it, it would have been easy to overlook the positives that Teddy Bridgewater can bring to this team because Cam Newton is like we've said several times, he's a polarizing presence. He's a very, he's, he's, uh, he has a very dominant personality. He has a personality that in that's who Carolina Panthers fans have grown accustomed to for the last mm-hmm. decade. So Teddy is almost at the opposite end of the spectrum, but now we're seeing, you know, okay, he might be, he might be a little quieter than Cam, but we don't know if that inner beast is the same. I, I, you know what? I, I think that that probably is the case. I yeah. think Cam is more outward. He's more, you know, he's more extra braggadocious. He's more in your face. You know, I'm dancing. I'm, I'm out there. My personality is in your face. Um, right, right. And you will see my confidence in how I, in how I interact and how I uh, present myself to the public. But I think Teddy Bridgewater has that same amount of like, I'm that dude and, you know, I'm a force to be reckoned with, but he's really, he's more, he's way more low key about it. And I think that Panthers nation, you know, being, being a, being a franchise, it's well been to the Super Bowl twice, but sometimes gets overlooked. You know, Cam brought a certain level of attention to the Carolinas and I think that it was needed. I think that it was a good thing. Um, he, his presence alone brought that attention. In order for Teddy to bring that attention, he's actually going to have to win games. Absolutely. And, and that'll, be yet, that'll be yet to be seen because defense wins championships, maybe not offense. Um, and, you know, defense is where a, a lot of the questions are for the Panthers. Curtis Samuel, though, speaking of offense – He's not listed as a starter. They have um, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson listed as the two starters for uh, for Carolina. What do you think about that? I'm not surprised. Um, of course, you know, we talked about it a little bit last week. There were rumblings that Curtis Samuel did not have the greatest of camps. Um, again, that's something that we are kind of limited as far as our opinions and our analysis of that. But um, – you know, Curtis Samuel also hinted at, at at being used in different ways this upcoming season. Um, there was a practice where he was taking handoffs. There may have been several practices, but only one I saw where mm-hmm. he was taking handoffs. So that, I mean, we could just see him develop into, into sort of a Taysom Hill type role minus the quarterbacking. And you said before, like, when they, when, when they were being – when people were scouting Christian and Curtis coming out of college, they, a lot of people said that they were very similar in their skill set. So maybe we will see Joe Brady, who everybody says is so calculated and so smart when it comes to the game. Maybe we'll see him switch things up a bit. I would love to see. I think that Curtis Samuel is going to, I think he's going to have the ball in his hands. I think that, Curtis Samuel will get 
um, Curtis Samuel will get the attention um, and the ball quite often um, in this in this Joe Brady offense. It's just a matter of how how he will be used. Absolutely, I think he'll definitely get the ball, and this is kind of his um, his his prove it year. He's in a contract year. Um, there's been no talk of extensions. You know, Marty Herney actually confirmed that yesterday that they hadn't, you know, it hadn't been discussing any type of extensions. They have, they aren't in the, in the negotiating stage or anything like that. And this could very well, very well be Curtis Samuel's coming out party, his prove it year, his put up or shut up, all of those things. Uh, yeah. And I and I expect him to do well. Like I think that this is an instance where he might not be listed as a starter, but I don't think like Christian McCaffrey is not going to get as many touches as he did last year. It's just I just don't see it happening. I I see it being more of a balanced offense, and I think everybody is going to get theirs. And DJ Moore said today that Joe Brady is somebody who knows how to use, um, how to tailor an offense to fit people's. Um, skill set and and their best assets and what they're best at. So I think that I mean, if Joe Brady lives up to snuff, Curtis Samuel may not be listed as a starter, but they'll spread that they'll spread that ball around and he'll get he'll get enough touches. Let's hope so. You know, we'll we'll, we'll see in a couple of days. Just we'll, we'll get a glimpse into at least what the plan is because you know, of course with not having preseason games, it's not just the players that aren't able to be evaluated as far as the bubble players, but for media, we can't, we don't know how these guys are going, you know, it's, it's all new everything. All new everything. All, all new, new everything. everything. So with that expectations, I mean, are there, I mean, you said that, do you, what are your expectations? I think they'll do better than everyone is projecting them to. I'm not saying, like you said, I'm not saying they're, they're going to win the division, but those expectations are like sewer level. So it's not difficult to exceed them. What about week one? I've seen different um, week one. I mean, they're playing the Raiders who, you know, they aren't amazing. I, I see, I can see the Panthers winning that game. I think so too. Because it's interesting because, because some people have them winning only three, four games a season. But I know, I feel like week one, they're definitely – they definitely can beat the Raiders, in my Wait, opinion, from what I've seen. If, if I were – given the current climate, with everything that's going on, and no fans, you know, no preseason, very young team, like, I would rather play at home – To start then Yeah, to start than to have to travel – and I, I just feel like I just feel like there'll be a level of excitement from the young guys, even right. though their families won't be there. Like this is this is their this is their you know this is their introduction into the NFL. Uh, yeah. So I, I just I just feel like I just feel like the Panthers can can win that opening game. Now, what happens from there, you know, who knows? But I'm I'm very much so looking forward to at least getting a glimpse of how things are going because right now, like, we really don't know. We don't know what to expect from Phil Snow. Like, Phil Snow, he really seems like a cool guy. He seems like a guy, like, you would want to go hang out and watch a game with, and, you know, if people say you want to have a beer with. Like, he seems like that guy. 
Right. Um, so, and the players seem to like him. Joe Brady is this calculated technician, they say. And Matt Rule is kind of like, I, was, I would say he's like the politician, maybe. You know what? That's a really, really good assessment. And um, I don't know if you noticed, have, did you notice the energy shift a little bit in today's media availability? It, you know, his energy has shifted ever since. I've noticed the shift since maybe last week, maybe last week. Cause he's not trying to win us over anymore. Like, you know, we mm-hmm. talked about how, okay, he's very, very positive. He's very, very positive, but it almost gives you the sense of, okay, is this man just, a, does he just have a good mouthpiece? Right. Is he just a great motivator, but not a realistic person? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And today, you know, it was very much, oh, I don't know. I'm not a trainer. I can't tell you what's going to happen. As opposed to, I have full confidence in what the train. Like, it's it's just a way that his delivery. I was like, was okay. It was okay, very Matt. Show us who, this is what we want. Let this us see the real. Game time. It could very well be because it's game time. Like, you know, the 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 smoke and mirrors, the ponies and, li- and, and, and lilies and, you know, all, all things great, care bears and unicorns, all of that stuff. All of the fluff disappears when it's time to put a product on the field. And I feel like that was kind of the shift mm. today. Like, if you know, like the way he answered questions, he was not oh. rude. Yeah. No, he wasn't rude. You didn't feel that before, though? You felt that just today? I felt it yesterday. Did he talk yesterday? Did he talk yesterday? Yesterday was Tuesday. No, Monday. No, talk yesterday. We had Herney and um, Teddy. I don't, I, I, I've, I've felt that I've felt it from him, but like you said, I guess he's in, I guess he's in game mode. Uh, and, and this is, and this is what it is. And I appreciate that because I don't need the sunshine and roses and, and um, rainbows and all of that stuff. Give it to me straight, straight, no chaser. Speaking of straight, no chaser. That should be like David Tepper's motto. <laughs> because we haven't spoken to you guys since, you know, media spoke with David Tepper last Wednesday. It was last Wednesday. We had already recorded. Um, and he made a statement that I feel like, I don't feel like it was interpreted well. And this, this is a statement. He made the statement that, you know, he has other businesses and that he does this because he loves football and he does it for the fans. To me, I took it as, okay, I'm not just letting money drive my decisions. You know, I want Mm -hmm. to put a good team on the field and I want to create a great product in the Carolina Panthers. Other people took it as, oh, this isn't his number one source of income, so he don't give a damn. I didn't, I didn't, get, I didn't get that either. I thought it, to me, it was a flex. And you know, it, it, we've talked to David Tepper several times and he doesn't come out and tell you I'm balling and I'm rich, rich, but, and, and side note, Forbes, Forbes list just came out. He is the richest NFL, um, owner. Uh, so you, you can take that as you may, but he, every now and then he'll come out and let you know, like I got money. And I got money outside of this team. Like Jerry Jones's money is tied up in the Dallas Cowboys. Don't get it twisted. With or without the Carolina Panthers, I'm going to have money is basically what he's saying. And, that's I, and that's what I got from it. Like, 
you know, if you think I'm just here just for the money, this ain't it. Right. I, you know, and I don't have, and I don't have to be doing this for money. I don't think that that's, I don't see anything wrong with him saying that's facts. That's why I was so shocked to see. I didn't even know people were reacting like that. Girl. Yes. They were like, Oh, but in, in, in addition to that, he also said earlier in the conversation, you know, that um, the Cam Newton decision was a difficult decision. You know, his wife cried over the decision. People are still pissed. People are furious. They felt like that was the worst move that the franchise could have made. And then he said, you know, this ain't, you know, this ain't how I make my money. They're like, oh, okay. He don't give a damn. And I'm like, no, that's not how I took it. I took it as this is my passion. This I'm, I'm putting it like my involvement with the Carolina Panthers isn't just to have another feather in my cap or to, to have another stream of income. It, I do it because I want, I, I like football. And then he said, I did it. I do it because I love the fans. All right. I like Tepper. And, and he seems like a straight, no chaser guy, like you said, but that, that excuse that he gave for getting rid of Cam Newton. Oh, the I, I expect, I usually, usually when he answers questions because he, it, you can tell that he's just genuinely a, a, a sharp guy. Like he's a sharp guy and, and he rarely gets caught off guard as far as his answers. Mm-hmm. That answer was whack. The answer was whack. And it, and it just, it just was, it simply wasn't true. Um, and, and the fans let him have it, but you know, I, I, I think that David Tepper genuinely wants to put roots in this community and he wants to build a team that has, it has sustained excellence. Like he said, um, I think he need, may need to make some more changes than at the, uh, at the coaching level in order to do so. Um, and we'll see what happens. Marty Herney has an extension possibly coming up. I think that David Tepper is waiting to see what happens or how this personnel looks. Um, right. But if if the drafting isn't on par, then a lot of people who are well, who have been ready for Herney to leave uh, may may get their wish. But um, team is expected to finish next to last in the entire league. I think ESPN said that they would finish three and 12 and one in their simulation. Other people, but most, I think the general consensus is the Panthers would win between three and four games and definitely finish last in the NFC South. Is that a fair assessment? I think it's a blind assessment, but at the same time, it's an assessment that it's, it's, a, it's difficult to project where this team could win. Mm-hmm. It's difficult because, like we said, we keep saying it, it's all new, everything. And, you know, all defensive um, draft picks, not one offensive player. Um, you know, there's no preseason game. Like, COVID has not been kind to the Carolina Panthers Mm-mm. at all. So I don't think it's a crazy, crazy out of this, oh, my God, how could they say that type of projection? But I do think that they, they, they're hitting those guys a little hard. I think they'll finish. I mean, I, I want to say they'll win at least six games. Really? That's still, that's still below 500. But I think that they can pull it out. It'll be interesting to just – it depends on how quickly this team gels. It depends on whether COVID will keep fans out because I feel like that is a very big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and not to keep, you know, bringing up David Tepper, but guys, he's trying to get y'all see, y'all's butts in the Bank of America seats for sure. Because every other team in the NFC South, 
has already found out that at some point in the season, they're going to have fans. So there's just so many factors at play that I just, I'm not going to make a projection about them, I, but I do think they have the, the, um, I think that they have the ability to win at least five, six games. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, like I said, I said earlier, and I felt this, I feel this way about the team, like Matt Rule's record in his first season at places when, you know, it has been abysmal and then he's kind of picked up the steam. So if we're going based on that trend, it could be rough coming out of the blocks for Matt Rule. Um, also add on to the fact that the team is very young if I were, I don't bet, but if I were betting and I had to put up my house or something of, of you know, something of importance, I would probably err on the side of three to four wins. I wouldn't bet the house on, on six or more wins, but I wouldn't be totally surprised in this season. Like, I think that this season is so wonky that you just you just don't know which way you just do, you just don't know which way it'll go um but i don't think they'll finish i mean if they win three games maybe they'll finish next to last in the whole league or maybe they'll finish second to last i don't know but they'll they'll be in that lower quadrant i think yeah um i don't expect a playoff appearance i don't expect that if if the season goes Cross your fingers that we'll have a full season. Even if there are no fans, you know, um, things will look drastically different come Sunday. Uh, very different. Um, there's different protocols, guys, so our coverage will be different. Yeah. Um, no when or if it'll return to normal. Um, I'm not sure if we will even do on-field wrap-ups at the end of the I was game. wondering about that. I know that there's not going to be locker room access, but I don't know if we will have access to the field. It's very limited media, very limited. So um, it'll be interesting. It'll also be interesting to see, um, well, the NFL, in addition to the decal, the helmet decals, they will be painting the end zones with social justice messages um, in an effort to combat systemic racism or to at least show a public stance on um, opposition to racism. And quite interestingly enough, where QB1, former QB1 kind of aired, he, he, he avoided political things as much as possible. Teddy B was like, nah, that's trash. Did you see him retweet it with the trash emoji? Yes, I certainly did. He was asked about it today and he just said, I said what I had to say and I don't, I'm focused on football right now, but I completely agree with him. And this is a segment where my facial expressions will come in handy, but I'll do the best that I can to communicate with you guys how I feel verbally. The NFL has been trying to act in this gray zone for far too long. I think they're going to say it takes all of us and end racism. First of all, what is it takes all of us? It takes all of us for what? To make a sandwich? I mean, I mean, what does it take all of us to do? I, I, I just think they always play it safe in order to in order to not offend a certain group of people and, and or 
And instead of embracing the 70% of guys that make up your league and your players, like I understand that the end zone messages and the, and even in the NBA where they put black lives matter on the court, these are just symbolic measures. This is not anything that's going to, um, is going to bring about any type of real substantial change, but it is a show of support. And even in that, even in that, I think that it's important to have for leagues especially leagues that are made up of the majority of black players to show support in a movement that um, benefits their players and the families that make up, make up the league. And so for the NFL to tote that line and say, it takes all of us and in racism, like Teddy Bridgewater says, it's trash. It's trash. You're, you're taking the easy way out. And we know how the majority of these NFL owners feel. We know. And and they showed it with how they handled Colin Kaepernick. But, I mean, I honestly, personally, I would rather them not put anything in the end zone than put it takes all of us. It takes all of us. Oh, weak. Weak sauce. What was interesting is someone DM'd me and they're like, oh, the NFL is going to support Colin Kaepernick. I said, oh, how? Because I know I was going to miss something. So a lot of the teams are planning to kneel. And I said, oh, so them – not blackballing players for kneeling is supporting Colin Kaepernick. I said, look, the most blunt way I can say it, short of a public apology directly aimed at Colin Kaepernick, until the NFL can do that, they don't support Colin Kaepernick. They, and they will not support Colin Kaepernick and they will not apologize publicly to Colin Kaepernick because the blackballing of Kaepernick had very little to do with Colin Kaepernick himself and more to do with every other player in the league who may feel empowered if they their hand is forced by the NFL having to apologize to Colin, Ka- Colin Kaepernick or the NFL uh, or the NFL getting or Colin Kaepernick getting employment after making this uh, social justice stance that he did before it was before it was popular. Okay. That's where the respect for me comes from Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick did this when every now now everybody is kneeling. Now kneeling is like the because thing to do. Yeah, everyone feels safe now. It's 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 it's, it's a safe protest now. And and so um you know, the NFL won't, Colin Kaepernick is the example. He was made an example of, and they will not employ Colin Kaepernick again. There have been supposed, there were rumors before when everything that was going on, that teams were interested in him. Those rumors were proven to be untrue, but it's more about sending a message to these players because what they don't want are uh, what they don't want is these players to understand the actual power that they have and unification um, as as members who make up this league. And if they were, if 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 black players specifically were to get fed up and to walk out of NFL locker rooms, what's going to go on the field? Absolutely. Or if if black players said, you know what? I don't care what you say. I'm going to be, I'm going to stand in my truth and voice my opinion and, and do this protest like Colin Kaepernick did. 
what 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 kind of recourse would they have? They're going to blackball everybody? Absolutely not. It's just not going to happen. But they made an example because everybody the, the NFL is the players and the 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 how long they play is different. Their contracts are different. They just don't wield the same power that the NBA does. And 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 the owners know that. And then the, and then on top of that, they do things like blackball of Colin Kaepernick to say you can even be a quarterback. You can be a quarterback who went to the Super Bowl, and you still we can still take everything from you. Yep. Very much. Um, they very much made an example of him. Very much so. Very much so. But I mean, we've had guys. I still can't believe this is opening week. I mean, as long as we've been in the house, it's just maybe it doesn't feel like football season because everything has been so different and it's not going to be, you know, I don't know what the tailgating restrictions are now that we're in phase 2.5, but um, it's going to be very different in Bank of America Stadium on Sunday. Well, we'll both Sheena and I will be in the building um, letting y'all know how things go, but it will, <laughs> we'll see how it is as the NFL season comes uh, to start. There are guys who are getting big time contracts, i.e. Deshaun Watson, Jalen Ramsey signed his contract. Listen, I think Jalen Ramsey had the best reply to us, to a contract <laughs> signing. And I don't know if you guys have seen it, but he posted a video of Kodak Black saying that he doesn't have any money. All that money that, you see on Instagram is fake. It's prop, it's prop money. Any money. I signed this $100 million deal, but I don't have any money. Um, at all. At all. But I think it's great to see those guys get those deals. And you know what's even better? I learned today. They have a black agent. I didn't know that. Chris Jenner works hard, but David... David Mugletta, listen, he's working I'm, harder, okay? When I saw it, I was like, well, let me go look this guy up. He is doing the thing. He's not playing with y'all. He has, he's resetting, he has had a hand in resetting the, the market in several positions in the last couple of seasons. And when I say couple, like two, he's been getting to the money. He's been getting them to the money Deshaun Watson um people say that's the second best deal behind Patrick Mahomes I think it is theoretically better hmm. Patrick Mahomes because it is shorter he doesn't have to stay committed in that 10-year commitment um he gets a chance to get to another huge payday way before Patrick Mahomes will I I think that you come to learn in sports and we saw it with LeBron James, like having that flexibility, mm-hmm. having shorter deals that are just as lucrative as long deals, but having the control of having that flexibility is better. Like, yeah, it's just better for the player. Absolutely. And, and guys, I definitely have a soft spot for Deshaun Watson. I have a soft spot for all athletes that you know, have injuries or battle through adversity because I, I shared the video of his family photo or Zoom bombing his press oh, that was so dope. And he was just so overcome with emotion. Mm. And, you know, he come he came from a home with a single mom, multiple siblings. She struggled. 
um, financially and to see guys be able to change their families' lives like that is is pretty dope. It's pretty dope. That that video that you posted, I I saw it on yours first. I was like, dang, Sheena got onions cutting on the TL. I'm just trying, you know, I try to keep it hard. I'm just looking at the way he broke down, just at the sight of his family, and I was like, man, like this is special stuff. This is special stuff. Sean Watson is a good dude. He's a humble guy to have won at all the levels that he's won at. He's very humble. He is, you know, he, he literally like called my kids out of the crowd and sent a Houston, Texas rep to go pull, bring them onto the field with them at the Pro Bowl. Like my kids adore him. He's a very, very down to earth guy. And you see guys like that grind and, 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 you know, work hard and get rewarded for it. It's, it's dope. I think it's awesome. Now we ran a poll last week and we asked you guys, Alvin Kamara was at the time, I think he was holding out, but then he's now since returned, they are working on a deal for him. Oh, has it been fine? Has his deal been finalized? Um, I, my source, which I, I'm like, look, are you David Muleta's, um assistant or something? Cause he'd be kind of like, he'd be specific with it. And I'm like, can I tweet it yet? Um, he said that they're very close. Very okay. Close to, it, we could see something in the next couple of days or week. Your source, oh, your source dropped the Deshaun Watson. You had that Deshaun Watson scoop. They don't be yeah. giving you your flowers, but I'm going to give you your flowers, girl. <laughs> Thank you, boo. Thank you, boo. <laughs> but, um, well, I was shocked, though, because I ran the poll and most of my followers are Panthers fans. And they hate the Saints. They hate everything about them. So we asked you guys, um, if Alvin Kamara deserved to be in the same ballpark compensation wise as Christian McCaffrey. And it was, it was a lot closer and more even than I thought it would be. Um, 50, 51% of you said, hell nah. Um, 49% were like, you know, pay that man. So I, I commend you guys on looking past the fan lines and, you know, seeing these guys as individuals. Kamara nice though. Kamara nice. Well, some of the people, some of the detractors were like, well, you know, it's a durability thing. You know, he's, he's on the decline. His touchdowns, his productivity is going down. He's missing more games. And they're like, you know, Christian McCaffrey, his production's going up. Like, they say that C-Mac is trending up. AK is trending down. Um, I want to say, I think they came out in the same, they came out in the same year. So, we'll see. We'll see what, what this season has to bring. But... I don't think Kamara will get what Christian got, but he will get very close. Yeah, I, I definitely knew he wouldn't get what Christian got. Um, but yeah, that's why I, I phrased it like that. I was like, you know, in the ballpark, in the same area. He'll get in the ballpark. I mean, if they if they want him to stay, uh, I, I think that he'll get in the ballpark. He won't get exactly. And you know what? It could be argued that Christian may not be trending up. Like, He's not I, – I can't personally can't see him getting the amount of touches that he got last year. Yeah, that's and okay. that's what led to that deal. You put up a 1,000, 1,000, it's, it's time to break out the Brinks truck like they yeah. did for Ramsey. But, you know, I just can't see that happening again. So I think that – I think that – I think that Christian McCaffrey has peaked, and if he hears this, he's going to use it as fuel because he takes anything and use it as fuel. But I don't think peaking for him is a bad thing because the peak is actually is like the, where else are you gonna go? 
So yeah. even if he's able to maintain that, like your return on investment as, as a Panther or a Panther executive or a Panther fan would be great. But uh, and again, what are we going to get from Joe Brady and his offense? I think they're going to spread the ball around. But Christian McCaffrey is always going to be seen as, as a threat. And I, think, I don't think that that's a, a bad thing. Guys, as we wrap up, Christian McCaffrey will definitely be putting those moves that made him the highest paid running back in the NFL to good use this Sunday in week one against the Las Vegas Raiders. Of course, Vashti and I, um, we, we want to get some of your initial thoughts right after the game. Um, just, you know, what, what some of the things you guys liked and what you didn't like. So feel free to tweet us, DM us, let, let us know how you feel. We're a couple days away from kicking off the season. We are wrapping up episode six of Quick Blitz. Vashti, where can they find you? Make sure you follow Carolina Blitz on Twitter at Keep Blitz and Instagram, Carolina Blitz and CarolinaBlitz.com. Sheena at Sheena underscore Marie. Quick out of the blocks on Instagram, right? Sheena underscore Marie on Instagram as well. And quickoutoftheblocks.com. So we are out. We are working. Football season is here. College football season is here. So, and we will continue to keep bringing you these quick blitzes. Make sure you are subscribing and we will be dropping these Thursday. Okay. Remember that Thursday, check the site, check wherever you get your subscriptions for a new episode of quick bits. Blitz, Lord, quick bits. Lord have mercy. I'm rusty too. No preseason. Vashai is rusty. Look, wait till Panthers Twitter get get a hold. That's all right. Quick bits, quick blitz. Y'all just make sure y'all subscribe. Thanks for listening.